we're here. How are you? I'm I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. We didn't spend the last 20 minutes trying to set up a fantasy league for the boys. <laughs> Kind of didn't realize it was all sudden, you know, Pacific Standard Time, but everything's good now. It's not daylight, Pacific Daylight Savings Time. No, why it's it's <laughs> the solstice happened, by yeah. the way. So I think you're asking on. the wrong guy. The damn farmers are screwing everything you're up. You're asking the wrong guy. I don't know, man. Anyway, it's it is. You know what? Setting up a fantasy league is more exciting than the NHL preseason. So <laughs> you know. Uh, but it is the second week of the preseason, so things are going to get hopefully a little more interesting. Leafs, Habs play tonight. Mostly NHLers set to play, so it should be fun. Sean Monaghan's first game in a Hab uniform. Because, yeah, um, our <laughs> own great rosters are totally intact now. I was going to say, uh, yeah, Sandine's so, back. Monaghan's in. Drew yeah. playing, right? I thought I saw yeah. the lineup. Oh, yeah. All right. Just <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Just a, just a great way to great way to do it. And then the Blues teased this. Hey, big announcement coming. Everyone's like, ah, oh, Ryan O'Reilly is going to get extended. The Blues Hall of Fame is coming. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Was that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. The replies from other fans were things like Ryan O'Reilly with the con Smythe or what about Vlad Tarasenko. I was like, no. Blues Hall of Fame. Um, because that is the major announcement. It's really funny. A uh, a Blue Jackets fan responded saying, "There's no one to go in there," and then someone responded back to them, no. "Excuse me, say um you have Rick Nash and that's it." <laughs> Literally, that's it. And I thought that was pretty funny. Okay, so this is what we got on the docket today, Alex. Uh, Rasmus Sandin, as you mentioned, has uh, signed the contract finally uh, for the same contract he was being offered months ago. Uh, Jake Allen has re-signed with the Montreal Canadiens, which is very fun. Uh, some news about Hockey Canada, which is just at this point um, never a surprise. Uh, Seattle have a mascot, which is horrible. Uh, a lot's going on in Vancouver. A lot's going down. Uh, Jacob Tricker is starting to resurface trade rumors and all that again. Um, but to open the show, Alex, I want to talk about the Ottawa Senators for a second here. <laughs> all right. Um, before We're getting we, right into it. We get into the meat and potatoes of that. First off, here's the news of the day for the Sens. Uh, Cam Talbot has some some rib stuff going on. He's out for five to seven weeks. So they claim Magnus Helberg off of waivers. Um, that's not what I want to talk about, though, Alex. You don't want to spend half an hour talking about Magnus Helberg? I'd rather set up the fantasy league again. Um, <laughs> listen, I just think Sens fans need to calm down a bit. I feel like they've been getting real high on their horse this offseason, and I just think they need to relax a bit. Tell me why. I just I, I get you had a fun offseason. You got some real good players coming in. You got some really important players re-signed. Again, if you, Mike, and I, I, I had them as my champions of the offseason. You guys went with Calgary. So I come from a good place here. I just I think they need to relax with Shane Pinta and whatnot. Right. Because Shane, because uh who was it? I be, I want to say it was Friedman. It could have been Friedman. I believe who said that Shane Pinto was the was untouchable in the Jacob Chikorin uh, trade discussion, which yeah, blew my Kyle mind a little bit. Wanted him in the sense of saying, no way, Jose. All if, right. If it was Jake Sanderson, I'd be like, okay. Yeah. But, there, there's <laughs> names on that team where I'm like, I understand. Mm-hmm. Not Shane Panto necessarily. He's a good player. He's all right. But it's like yes. Jacob Chikorin. Well, you're gonna like you're gonna have to give up a good player to get another good player in return. Yeah. I, that sounds obvious. It's just I... and, and if you're the Sens, you'd rather be a younger player. Now, obviously, maybe they hope him being a big part of the blue line this year. 
I think both Dorian and DJ Smith have said that. But it is interesting that today, I believe it was Frank Saravelli who actually said um, uh, that the Sens are the team that are right now the sort of front runners, the most aggressive, I should say, to try and get Jacob Chicker. Um, which, I mean, it would be great for them. They need another defenseman, don't get me wrong, but if you can sort of mount him and then you all of a sudden have him, you have Shabbat, you have Sanderson, who should be good, or even if you know he has a slow year this season, we know how good he's going to be. So, I mean, what about Shane Pinto? Go get the good player that's available. And I understand the health issues with Chickering, but again, you got to give up quality to get some like to get quality. I, uh, I I'm I'm going to say this from like a Coyotes point of view, not from a Sens point of view. I, I'll believe that Jacob Chickering's going to be traded when I see it because it's just it's been so long. How long have we been talking about Jacob Chickering getting yeah. traded? At least it feels after Christian Dvorak was dealt. I feel like it was a, a sort of thing of now they're going to go move to Chikorin. And it's funny. So this resurfaced in, in insider trading and Darren Dreger was like, he started listing the teams and I think he listed half the league and I'm like, okay, great. So this is happening again. And I think he yeah. mentioned the Kings. He mentioned the least, which of course he did. And then mentioned this team mentioned St. Louis again, for the love of God, like somebody pulled the trigger. Yeah, and I just I again I'll believe it when I see it. Like from and I understand it from Arizona's perspective. You don't need to trade Jacob Chickering. It'd be nice. Like, do you have to trade Jacob Chickering? No. Is it nice to? A hundred percent. Then and I think that's what we're seeing here. And like, yes, okay. I understand the his deals. How many years is does he not have like two or three years left on this deal? I will double check. Because like it's just sometimes I see it online as if he doesn't still have two to three years left on that deal. And three years right now. He has three years left at that deal. And I get it, it's a extremely high price to pay. Not the contract, what they're asking for. Mm-hmm. And I and and obviously the premium is on the premium is on the deal because of that contract but that is three years even if it's two years that's that's still a a, in in a league where especially this year and next year and i mean potentially the year after that like like friedman says like who knows what the salary caps can be those are all just projections at this point Mm -hmm. but that having a defenseman of that quality at four and a half million dollars 4.6. 4.6. Come on now. Four, four. Okay. Okay. $4.6 million. I think you can pay the pretty penny for, but at the same time, from the coyotes perspective, like I guess people, they need a reason for people to come and watch. And, and I get it. He's out right now, but it's, you gotta think this is the year they have to sort of do it because now obviously he, he has a modified no trade class starting next year, according to cap friendly. So, and like, listen, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be too difficult to convince him to waive it if there's a deal with a team that's going to be too interested because then it's like any, probably, unless it's the Blackhawks, I think any team leaving the Coyotes is going to be an upgrade. Um, you know, and, and I mean, I, I don't think the Blackhawks would go get him. I think they're sort of realizing where they are in the world and what they need to do to rebuild that team. And that is a rebuild. Yeah. Um, but it's it's sort of like, just going back to the sense here, it's just... Mm-hmm. 
to, to bring it back to yes. the original discussion Sorry, here. Sorry, right? yeah, let's go back. So I yeah, we needed to cover chicken anyway. Just you know, yeah, who's ever doing it's like Rasmus Sandine, it's like and Jason Robertson. Like we need to like like let's get it done here, guys. I just want to look at for the sense to make the playoffs, right? Um, okay, let's just look at the top three. We won't do a full standings thing without Daniel, like a, a, a sort of standings preview. But if we can just quickly go here, the top three teams in the Atlantic, I think we can 100% say the top two are Tampa and Toronto. I'm confident. All right. that. Even okay. with Matt Murray being a question mark, I mean, the Caps made the playoffs with Sam Solonoff, so even if they ride him, the Leafs are much more dangerous and I think better the, the team. The Leafs so, finished second last year with trash goal tending for three quarters of the season. Exactly. Okay. With, a, with a stretch from, uh, was it Eric Schalgren? Eric so, Schalgren and... Too much of Petr Prasic. <laughs> yeah, I remember those were those. It feels like forever in that way. Dark um, days. So they're obviously ahead of the Sens. Uh, the Bruins are beat up, but by the end of the year, when they get reinforcements, and let's see, David Krejci is back up to David Krejci levels. Yep. They're probably above them. The Panthers are a question mark. I saw their defense in a practice the other day and went, ooh. But still, the Sens are fighting the Red Wings in the standings, in my opinion, right now. So – even really? if you, I, I think they are, yeah. All right. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Like by the end of the year, do we really, really think the Sens who are are going to have a, a a Helberg, Forsberg pair? Like, listen, Forsberg's a, a decent goalie, but then it's like Helberg being in the back end there. You know, can they take that for the first half of the year when the hockey is it is the hockey is sloppy? They have a lot of new guys there. The chemistry is going to be a bit of a problem. Detroit will face sure. that too. But by the end of the year, do we see them really comfortably being ahead of Detroit, Boston, or Florida for the third spot in the Atlantic? I think they will be comfortably ahead of Detroit. You think so? I think they'll be comfortably ahead of Detroit. And mm-hmm. I guess we'll do our full uh, season standing, our full standings eventually. But like, I, I, I'll give a little sneak preview here. I have them making the playoffs. Like I, I won't lie, but again, like I have them scraping into the playoffs. I, I don't have them comfortably making the playoffs, in my opinion. Like I think they will take okay, all five teams. Oh, sorry, all both wild card spots are in the east are coming out of the Atlantic. So it's it's funny then let's just say the Sens' best chance of making the playoffs. It's funny in my in my opinion, I think their best chance is third in the Atlantic. Because if you look at the Metro, right? Yeah. To me, at least, it's the the top three are easily Carolina, New York, and Pittsburgh. Uh huh. And which means if you fall out of a divisional spot, you're in a dogfight with the Caps. Uh, who knows what the Islanders are? The Blue Jackets, who got better and added some pretty good players. Let's not forget. Mm-hmm. Um. And again, playoff Goudreau was one thing, but regular season is good. We like that. Um, boy, it doesn't really feel like any any game in the East is really going to be fun unless it's the Flyers or Montreal, probably. Um, but it, it just, I don't think it's as easy as a season as Sense fans are thinking it's going to be. I think a lot of them are really high and happy from their offseason, and I get that. But there's a fan of a team who had a really crazy offseason a couple of years ago. Um, I saw how quickly it changed in the regular season. And, you know, Sense fans, Habs we have the same feeling. Our team sort of had a magical run to a cup final and our star player, the injuries mounted up and they've never been the same. One of them has gone in Carey Price. Eric Carlson has moved on. He's never been quite the same. Um, so I'm just, you know, I've been in your spot before, Sense fans. Just relax. Just calm down. 
Like I, I don't set the expectations too high. Don't do Ooh, it. Ouch. You're still growing. The rebuild may be done. Probably yeah, a it was year. done last was year. year. It was done was last year. Early. Yeah, but listen, just relax a bit. It's going to be a difficult season. Every team in the Atlantic is going to have a tough year. Every single one of them. Even even Tampa aren't going to cruise their way in. No. They've got a lot of changes there. They do, yeah, and they're going to have to figure out how they're going to they're going to have to figure out that not that there's a hole on defense but I think getting losing or trading away Ryan McDonough and whatever they want to say about Philip Myers like it you, you know what I mean like there's a there's a hole that needs to be filled and the question is is can Mikhail Sergachev do it I mean and, I think he can I think he can and the other depth defenseman they signed well maybe, yeah. I'm Sergachev's not a depth defenseman sorry but who's the other Who defenseman signed Who's the other defenseman? They Ian Cole. Oh, Ian Cole. Right. Like, there's, I okay, but I mean, like, fine. He's gonna replace Sergachev on the third pair on the left side. Fine. Yes. Uh, <laughs> or Jan Brutta, but yeah. Well, I mean, Zach Bogosian's gonna get a spot. So oh like, yeah, yes, I forgot about don't, Zach. Don't don't yeah, forget yeah. it. Don't forget about that. Like, it's not gonna be an easy path. I guess is is the point, and I like. I think that top three in the Atlantic isn't necessarily as set as some people would argue, because again, you're, we don't know. Tampa is going to be an interest. Like they're, I think Tampa's, my opinion, Tampa's a lock for number one. That's the only set thing I know in that division. Yeah, Tam- Tampa's a lock for number one, but I, I think you have to you do truthfully have to look at Toronto, and. The goaltending's definitely a question. Doesn't necessarily guarantee them second. They finished second last year, and a lot of guys had career years, or multiple guys had career years. The obvious, but that first, all that first line pretty much had career years last year. Yeah. Um. You you a lot changed on that bottom six. Then you look at and plus their goaltending, but like then you look at Florida, and you go, okay. Defensively, they're not. They're weird. They're they're defensively not the same. Yeah, they got a they got Paul Maurice and they got worse defensively. I just I again I'll I'll bang on that drum. I do not understand that. They got Paul Maurice and they got did not get better defense. They didn't improve on any of the defensive players that they got. I'll put it like that. Makes no sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't look good. And then you have Boston, who, like you said, starting the year injured. You don't know what David Krejci is gonna be like. My God, you probably don't know what Patrice Bergeron is gonna be like this year. Like, hey Pat, he doesn't age. All right, I won't let you disrespect. All Pat. right, I'm not disrespecting Pat. The I guy has the, the most. The, cell- the guy Crawford. has How the most. Cell- All right, I okay, I don't agree with that, but like, cell- he has the most selkies. I'm I'm not disrespecting Patrice Bergeron. Sure, not I'm, not all time wise. I just mean respect level. I have yeah. yeah. And and I agree. I he's he's up there, but that man has been bruised and battered for multiple, multiple, multiple years, and had a career year, career year. Yeah, and it career makes no year sense. Last year, why you're was right. That you're right, and it makes absolutely no sense to me. It's bizarre, right? But so again, that's a question mark yep. uh, as well. So there's question yeah. marks all over. That's, the that's Atl- was the point. Listen, any Atlantic game is going to be a bloodbath. And you know who we didn't even mention? Uh, the Sabers. Who right are in a? I I feel like their goaltending is another question too, right? But 
Yeah. All right. I think that was a good way to open the show, Alex. I like that a lot. Um. Okay. <laughs> Listen, man. I I have seen you know good mascots in my time. I've seen some bad mascots in my time. You know, Gritty started out bad, but you know he sort of got a resurgence. Remember that? Yeah. First when he punched when he punched like, a kid. Yeah. Punched a kid allegedly, Alex. Allegedly. <laughs> um. Please. Uh, never when, when he was like he tweeted watch out penguin like that first day to like the penguins account it was like oh, okay you know he, he fit the identity of the flyers better than the team itself sometimes um they need gritty on the ice that's who they need it's not great when the most philadelphia flyer type people in your organizations are the head coach and a mask <laughs> which is not fun but i, I think Ugh. the kraken have taken first place with this I think this is easily the worst mascot in the league. I, was, I'm so confused. Listen, people were confused about Yuppie when people forget Yuppie was another sports mascot and they adopted him, right? Like, right. He, he was the Expos. But, you know, it should be a Yeti in, in, in Colorado, but the St. Bernard's, the rescue dog, like, I get that, right? Uh, the bug in Columbus is kind of weird, but at least it looks kind of cool. I don't know. Seattle have a troll doll. I don't know how you say its name. Oh boy. We see oui. troll will be kid friendly ambassador for second year team. What is it? Okay, let me just quickly Google a sea troll. I've never once heard a of a sea troll. Like you had some really cool options to go with here. Anything sea related, you could have killed it, but you went with a sea troll. <laughs> like respectfully. What's a? Fr- it's inspired by a Fremont troll. What is that? It's a sculpture. I I just like make it a fish, make it a kraken, not a sea troll that nah. has it is. Oh, it has it has flow and it looks like it is an anchor tattoo on its derriere. It just get get an aquatic creature, not a troll. That's not a sea troll. I, I I don't get this at all. No one thinks of the sea with trolls. They think of trolls under the bridge, and and they think of of, of things. They don't think of a, a sea troll. Well, what now we, we will. Now we will. Apparently, by the way, they never considered um, adopting a Sasquatch, which apparently back in the day used to be like the Seattle Supersonics, like beloved one. Um, and apparently they, they chose not to do that. Didn't even consider it, which I think is a bit of a shame. You know why? It's because they, they know. It's, what, what do you mean? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle has an NBA team quite soon. Oh, and they just they take the Sasquatch and they do it right and not yeah, so well? not they they don't do what uh, the NHL did with Winnipeg and royally screw up every like, every single Louis? thing that they've done. Boy? Boy. I just don't. And so apparently, it's wearing a white jersey, so it's easier to find it in the crowd, which I actually ah. think is a pretty good idea. I'm not okay. Because obviously there are some ones like obviously Yuppie's not difficult to find because he's orange hair. Yeah. Stinger, I think, is the name of the one in Columbus. It's green, it, it stands out. Carlton is a little harder to find because of the whites are it's still you're still looking for a giant bear, but still. Like like all right, I get it. Like that that's a neat idea, but like it's tr- it's a troll. <laughs> no, it's, I, I don't troll. get it. No, 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 wait, wait. I let's go back. I don't get it. What how is that gonna make it easier? The guy it, it has blue hair. Well, because it's going to have a majority white jersey and a sea of black, right? And I think their seats are black and all that, so I think it stands out more with the away jersey. Okay. Which I, right. I, I get that. Again, they have <laughs> I think they have the nicest road jersey in the league. Then again, I don't like a lot of road jerseys in this league. I think they're all they're too all white. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and even that, they like, just don't look creative. So, like, I hate Montreal's road jerseys, even though, like, they're iconic. I'm like, I don't like them. Yeah. Shout out to how only the home jerseys are getting the RBC patch. Great. It's just, it's a troll, Alex. I feel like I'm being trolled. You are. It's just the eyebrows are weird. I just, I feel like it's about to make me take a riddle so I can cross the bridge or something. And otherwise, it's going to, like, it's going to kill me or so. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, it's just, just, dude, just go make it like a squid or something. I don't know. Um, that'd actually be a great idea. It would be great. It would I like great. the squid. I, I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah, it's just, it's just something simple. This isn't going to be a heavy episode. There's not a lot going on in the world. Uh, so I think first off, we can look at what's happening in Vancouver. First off, um, to start, um, uh, Francesco Aquilini, who is the owner of the Sens, uh, I think notorious is has been notorious for maybe meddling with his time during Jim Benning's tenure as GM, uh, yeah. has allegations against him in court um, from his children. There's a thing going on with extended child support for three of the four of them. Uh, they're in school and it's like one of them, I think, was doing like a medical degree and one was doing engineering, so expensive stuff. I like think about like an amount in like six figures, right? But the stuff that's really important here is um, children alleging physical abuse. Uh, the article is a little difficult to read, I won't lie. Um uh, Freeman made a thing on the 32 Thoughts podcast saying you hope it's not true because you never want to see or sort of you don't want kids to be you want anyone to be abused but much less yeah. children um, so that is something obviously the NHL said they're going to keep an eye on it which doesn't mean much to me Alex I don't know about you um, because they're not really good at it's an owner they're not gonna they don't really care um, they could learn from the NBA they're not you know they you know have actually taken action against owners before a uh, million dollars to the Blackhawks and that's it. Anyway. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, story to keep an eye on, but we'll mention it. But the other thing in Vancouver that we can't really talk about here, because Alex, obviously I don't think we want to speculate too much on. And, and we just don't have the information. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, um, uh, Rachel Dory, who was part of the analytics department was hired eight months ago. We've talked about her on the show before. Really interesting to hear her talk about hockey. She was on the STP a couple of times. Really interesting. Like, listen, obviously from the PDO. No, not the PDO cast. The um, uh, Staff and Graf. Staff and Graf podcast from back in the day. Used to work for the Devils, too. Um, what's really weird here is so she was set to join Bruce Boudreaux's coaching staff. Um, like, a few weeks ago. Then all of a sudden, whispers come out of Vancouver that she seems to no longer be in the team. Neither side is talking. Bruce Boudreaux could not comment on it. Um, it's very, and Freeman sort of speculated on 32 Thoughts that maybe this is a, it's just, there is obviously something bigger here because of how out of the ordinary, this departure, I don't, I don't know if we can call it a firing because I don't even think we know the details of it yet. Apparently it has nothing to do with the ownership situation or anything. Um, but what do you make of this? It's weird to me. This is the second sort of, I think anytime she talked about being dismissed from, from the, I don't know if it was a dismissal, but anytime she talked about her time leaving the devils, she couldn't talk about it then either. So like I, yeah. it's, and I'm not into insinuating anything bad about Rachel Dora. You know, I wanted the Habs to hire her. Um, yeah. And apparently, I think she turned down the Habs to go to Vancouver, I think it was, where they had at least had a conversation with her. What do you make of this? Because obviously, you listen to the to her podcast a lot more than right. I did, because you're 
you can tolerate analytics a lot more than me and my dumb brain can. But what do you make of a, a very weird sort of divorce going on here? Um, honestly, I guess from our perspective, being complete outsiders, it's not, it, it's definitely, I think, to the public weird, but I feel like this happens a lot more than. And not necessarily just in sports. I feel like this happens in plenty of different places mm-hmm. um, in plenty of different industries where someone's let go like the, and the details aren't necessarily disclosed. Um, it's definitely odd, but I, I again, like we're working on such a limited amount of information. Everything mm-hmm. at this point is just pure speculation other to me other than like this happens more than I think we can imagine. I think because of, I think because of the, the amount of people, I guess like the follow or let's call it the following she had prior to mm-hmm. being in Vancouver. And I think her then, and, and also I guess the circumstance as well, her being let go or departing, we'll call it. Um, I think that's why it's gone as as much attention as it does. Other than that, I, I like mm-hmm. there's not much to say just because we don't have any other information other than that that they've gone separate ways. So it is worth mentioning that um, a lot of people have been making a thing of uh, the the term beacon hire has been made a lot about Rachel Dory. Um, because there was, I think it was three separate hirings the Canucks had made in a short span. Was they brought her in? They yep. brought in uh, Cami Granado. Yeah. They brought in with a tear streaming down my face, Emily Castongate. Um, I think it is very unfair of people to be making so much noise because she's a woman. Um, I think it speaks a lot to the way hockey is right now, and I don't know if we have this in many other sports you're actually like real scenarios and outside hockey well, do not disturb sorry about that um but i just like she's clearly a knowledgeable hockey mind i think if you've ever listened to her you'd know um like she's a clever she had the job for a reason she was being added to a coaching staff as you know a few weeks ago for a reason you don't just sort of right. get into that position for nothing right and like it's definitely un yeah it's definitely not fair to call like okay let's put it like this has the nhl or its teams ever cared about making a beacon higher diversity higher whatever you want to call it i think seattle I don't think I think they made they made an effort coming in to be no, but but diverse, but like but they but didn't. they but the people they brought in, remember like now they have Alex Mandricki as I don't know if I said her last name correctly, as assistant general manager and yeah. like she is very Shout very Paul smart. Fenton. Paul Fenton <laughs> dropping the ball with that, but, that, that yeah like way, the, yeah. the mm-hmm. I, I I the NHL does not strike me as a league it, that's not true it definitely strikes me as a league to do something just to appease the public no no like let me let me try to phrase like phrases properly because 
in the NHL, what we always talk about is how they do, they hire, rehire and rehire the same person over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And they still do it to this day. Like it, yeah. that hasn't gone away. No, have teams started sh- going away from that? Yes. But like, I don't think they're doing it to appease people is the point I, I think I'm making. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I don't think I phrased that properly, but do you understand the point I'm making? Well- I do, yeah. Plus, let's say that they did do that. Okay, just add doubles advocate here. All right. If you did it for good press, why would you then have an ugly divorce Lex less than nine months after hiring that person? Right. That's it why just I doesn't I... add up. Mm-hmm. So again, we don't, we don't. It has been so silent here. It has been so silent. Um. It's it's weird because, you know, but is that we like? I'm sorry. I'm maybe I'm playing devil's advocate here too. But like, mm-hmm. is it is it really that weird? Because like, I feel like in any other scenario, we're not in any other coaching dismissal or not even coaching dismissal. I don't think we're having this this. Gosh, I'm not sorry. I'm not trying to downplay what happened here. Like, yeah. I think we're just not. We don't have all the all the facts and i think also the fact that she and this has nothing to do like it has to do with her having a social media presence prior to being yeah her following on social media prior to her having a job there i think is why we're having well this good discussion i don't think it's that i don't think it's weird that it's that silent is my point and for people who don't know i think she was criticized a lot for just i think speaking her mind to just be honest like I, I've never had like you know I, I, again I, I didn't follow her for super long on Twitter because eventually I'm like I don't again analytics are like I can take this in small doses but when I signed up to be a journalist Alex I was told there would be no math uh, as Elliot Freeman famously said, um you know I, I, I do wonder if it's because she was so much a Twitter presence that us online sort of again being in Southern Toronto the relationship she had with the SDP guys, um. You know what? I think Jeff Merrick has always been a very big fan of her and has mentioned her in a few occasions. Um, I feel like she's very much sort of in everyone's mind. Not to mention, mm-hmm. you know what? In the position she was in, very young. I think yeah. she's 25 around there, um, which is sort of a, you know, it's just, it feels like some people just root against young women to succeed. You know, I, I yeah. it's, just, it's just the way it is sometimes. Um, uh, yeah, maybe it's just sort of us on Twitter see it a big deal, but when I see it come up on 32 Thoughts, and maybe it's because Merrick knows her, but he obviously didn't go, he just said both sides weren't talking. There's, there, I can't imagine Freeman wouldn't insinuate there's a story without it being there's some sort of smoke where there's fire. Yeah, yeah, there, mean? yeah, yeah. Oh, there's definitely. There's definitely, I I'd imagine, based on that alone, there's more. Sorry, there's more of a story here, obviously, and neither side is commenting on it. I just think, like, to me, in the the reason, like, it's not weird that it's silent. Like, you go back to, like, you made the point. I, I feel like it's quite a popular thing that when you leave, when you're, especially when it comes to the NHL, you really aren't going to talk about your time in the NHL until your time in the NHL is done. And like, I, 
it's it's a maybe a stretch of an example but like uh if you remember bill armstrong going from uh where was he before arizona he wasn't in st louis was he with no, that's Doug. Ar- that's Doug Armstrong. No, no. Um, I, I, well, I was just wondering where they in the same. Was place. he in? Col- no, that's Bill oh. Zito. Why can I not remember where Bill Armstrong was before? It's it's, it's 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 hurting me. It's hurting me. As we hold on to get the. Sorry, I, I'm just a... stalling for time. Do 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 do. Who's excited for the season? Sorry, sorry. Oh, I, I'm gonna lose my train of thought. I need to do this real quick. Shout out to McDavid, who might be more he selfish was... with the puck. Was he was in St. Louis? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I okay. You're right. He was in St. Louis. The the whole thing was is that he couldn't be a part of that draft. That that, that season that he went there. Mm-hmm. Because he had all of St. Louis's information. Now, like again, that's a stretching of example, but I think that's why there's not much of a story here at this moment. It's just because mm-hmm. generally these things do not come out until mm-hmm. years later. <laughs> I mean, ho- like we'll get to that story later. Hockey Canada prime example, things yeah. like other things yeah. that go on prime example. Like I hope we find out the story because you're right. I think there's more of a story story here but i'm just the point i'm making is i don't think it's as surprising how quiet it is as people i i as other people are making it out to seem fair enough all right uh two two signings that are relevant to the teams we care about most on this show uh we'll start with the leafs rasmus sandin two-year contract 1.4 million is the aav uh, he has a $450,000 signing bonus this year. The base salary next year is 1.6 qualifying offer nerds out so, there. So, okay, before we even get to the signing, yeah, I thought the rules changed with the qualifying offer because everyone's been talking about it. And I'm like, I thought two years, because remember that it was the, the Matthews Marner, uh, that whole Matthews Marner Kachuk blah 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 whatever that yeah, group yeah, yeah. of free agents who had signed their contract and then did they not change the rule that said it's it's ba- that your qualifying offer is based on your AAV not your final year salary Alex that sounds right I want to believe you okay like we've had this conversation I also feel like we have as well so you but, know what hey, we're, I'm gonna say we're right because listen. I it feels good. We have been waiting for Sandine to sign for her. Okay, let's let's have, the, let's have the Sandine to this discussion. Um, listen, I'm I, I, cool. Thank you for waiting another week to do this when you have completely screwed up our opening light. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rasmus. So, can let, you play on the right? Is this what we're going to do now? This is happening again. Mark Giordano can play on the right, is what I've been I just, told. But it just makes me sick. Let's sick. let's. I, I want to have one particular or two. I want to have two discussions about this. Number one is, um, how eerily quiet some people have been on this side. And I'm not talking about uh, reporters. I'm talking about parts of this fan base parts of the fan base how eerily quiet they've been about this signing just because of the way it went down and i'll tell you why you know why because what happened like and, and listen i'm no i am no dubis lover you know i think like i i've deteriorated over the 
X amount of years we've been doing this podcast. I'm mm-hmm. no long, I'm no, I am no dubious lover. I'm a, I'm a realist. Okay. That's what we're doing here. None of this shen- none of that shenanigans. Two or three years ago, did we all not say that Kyle Dubis must stand his ground? Yes. All right. Yes. What did he do? He stood his ground here. There we go. Didn't he do that last year? With um I can't remember who they were. Okay, well, he did it this summer. He said, we're not paying Jack Campbell $5 million. Yes. Fine. Okay. I'm pretty sure he did it last year. I can't remember. Freddie then saying, we're not going to take this risk. Goodbye. Right. Okay, it's going to come to me the other example I was talking about. I can't remember it for the life of me. Mm -hmm. So he stood his ground, right? So we're all... Can I give him like a check mark for that? Is that allowed? Yeah, he didn't trade Ilya Mikheyev. He, he certainly was like, no, you're going to oh take this. Uh, and then gonna, he made Ilya Mikheyev probably how many millions for doing don't, that? Don't, yeah, yeah, right. He stood like he stood his ground. Like, yes, I, I think we and, and and rightfully so. I then somehow this has turned into Kyle Dubas conversation, but I've been thinking about this for like some time. Yeah. I think if you look back at what happened three or four years ago, I could not tell you when, how many years it's been since that that 18 months of hell. Um, when you look, I, okay, first off, we're not including Austin Matthews in that in this conversation because Austin he was Matthews out of con- nowhere when he his, uh, that contract's fine. I have no if you score 60 goals in the NHL, what's he make? 11 point blah blah blah. He's fine. He made he's. There's no 11.34 something. Uh, he's okay. Cheeky bastard. Let, we're going to talk like when it comes down to the Marner and Nylander stuff. Yeah. Nylander, he could have eased like the room. The, the thing going around That's was that the 6.9 was available. It, he, it, sorry, Nylander was willing to sign 6.9 in September, early September, and he didn't do it. And he did, he stood his ground and it screwed him. He, it bit him in the ass. Then the whole Marner thing happened. That was an absolute nightmare. I, I never want to talk about that again. He didn't stand his ground, right? He didn't stand his ground. But this idea that he hasn't learned that lesson of him not standing his ground, I think is just false. And like, I don't think every move he makes is perfect. Far from it. Let's go back mm-hmm. to last summer. We can talk about it. We don't have to, but I, we've talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, I think enough like can we calm down about like he we're gonna get to like he's not gonna be fi- like sorry like respectfully he's not i highly doubt he's the one that's gonna be fired middle of the year if anything he's gone at the end of the end end of the end of the year unless they start like oh and 16 which isn't gonna happen but barring a absolute collapse of epic proportion fine okay <laughs> okay fine Barring so, that, he's yeah. not going to be fired. Fine. L- listen, right. listen. I am not going to be like, ah, you stood your ground for 1.4. No, million, absolutely I'm not. I'm happy it's done. Absolutely not. Yeah. But my point, because this is, I'm talking about the one particular part of this fan base who just yeah. constantly complains, have been eerily quiet about this. So, Number two. What is it? Less than 4 million for him, Sandine, and Lilligren? Sorry, yeah, yeah, and Nikita Zaitsev is making four and a half million dollars. But we that I'll give Dubas a lot of credit. We won't have that conversation. 
That'll yeah. piss too many people off. Um, number two, did you not love Lewis Gross's quote after? What, you, what about how you the know opportunity? I, I, the opportunity after after you know two defensemen go down and it's just like you know we made the call. All right, Lewis. Like I, I'm so I, I, liked, I was just like I like Sandine joking. He was worried because he saw how well Cali Yonkroak was playing defense in that game. And I was like, sure. Okay. Okay. By the way, shout out to Sandine picking mushrooms. Like, uh, cool. I when I saw the quote from Lewis Gross, I'm like, leave me alone. Like, stop. Represent. Lewis. Funny enough, William Nylander. Oh, that's why I remember it. Okay. Yes, yes, that that oh, fun time. Like, great. it was just like, really. You made the phone call to take the take the two hundred thousand dollars less that they were offering you. Is mm-hmm. this really what you're gonna make it out to see him? Ooh, he's gonna <sighs> ooh. You want to know something that's gonna make you feel really good, Alex? Let's hear it. Do you know who uh, another client in the Atlantic Division of Louis Gross is? Uh what uh what team? Boston. Oh, does he have David Pasternak? Jeremy Swayman. Oh, okay. Shout out to Spencer Knight making that a lot of fun. So if you want to see the Bruins about to be, uh, you know, start sweating. Did you hear? Sorry, did because I feel like we haven't met. Did you hear um, the quote from Jeremy Swayman last week? No. The so what he said, he thought that Toronto was going to pick him, and then he ended up going. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. Oh my god. (laughs) Listen. Let me let me say it. Let no no. Let me let me say it. You gotta let me say it. Mark Hunter masterclass. (laughs) Funny enough, he also represents Shane Pinto, and Johnny Goudreau. So he's had maybe that's why we didn't get done because he's like, listen, I get it, dude. I gotta get this guy to Columbus. We'll worry about you later. Yeah. Um, but I'm just so happy that that I don't care about the whole thing of opportunity. I see this black and white that I am so mad. We waited all summer for the contract that has been out there. I get both sides have to do their thing, whatever. As a as a podcaster, as someone who needs to pay attention to the Leafs, I hate it. <laughs> it, it it's everything I hate about that. As someone who is not patient, I did not need. I did not need that. We could have had this done like months ago. Yeah. We could have had our. St- I mean, not much changes. I don't even remember, like from the starting lineup. To be honest, he's somewhere there, especially he's with the injuries. Yeah. Um. Uh, other side, Montreal. Jake Allen has been extended. Uh, it's a two-year contract, kicking in next year. The AAV is three point eight five million dollars. Um, some nice little. Uh, there, there is some signing bonuses in there. It's a modified no trade clause. Uh, we've talked about in goal for the future. There's a big question mark with the Montreal Canadiens. Talk there about Caden Primo. Yeah, he's he's just he's making it really difficult for me to defend him. <laughs> Um, Marty St. Louis talked about that he saw a quote that really resonated with him. Marty did not say this. He said he saw a quote about it. People were misrepresenting that. He said, he said, so I saw this quote that said, you got to respect the people that would do the work to plant the tree, but won't sit in the shade. I thought that was really, really good too. That's going to be Jake Allen. You know, he is going to like, I don't know the last time there's a Hab who has accepted his role so well and it has gone so upside down where he was supposed to show up just be a backup goaltender coach gets fired other coach gets fired 
Goalie coach gets fired. Price is out most of the year for concussion. Gets the best seat in the house for a run to the cup final. Then the GM gets fired. Then the other head coach gets fired. <laughs> Your goalie you were supposed to be behind is probably retiring. And now we're rebuilding. And he's just taking it with a smile on his face. Um, He gets a raise. But for less than $4 million for a pretty fine starter, I like the deal. Yeah, and again, like you just need – I think from Montreal's perspective, they need someone to fill the gap because let's say you trade Jake Allen at, uh, towards a trade deadline or even before the season starts because like uh, I think it was – Dreger, who was saying this on Rain Dregs, was talking about how, like, if they didn't get this extension done, they obviously were gonna look to see what was to see what was out there. So let's say you trade him, you're left with Sam Montembeau, Caden Primo, and that's about it. And, and it's cool like, man. right? And it's like, yeah, that's not that's not good. Like, we, I get it, you want to lose, but like, there's there's different ways of going about that than having no one in net respectfully. We saw what happened before they got Andrew Hammond, how bad it was getting, you know, yeah. you need to, it was that Detroit thing a couple of years ago. You can't be losing games in the first period. Um, you know, this is different and I'd be upset. They don't trade him if Carey price was playing, but with him being gone, the Canadians have a hole in net. They haven't had since 2000. They drafted him in 05. Um, even before that pay it or in that, when was the last time the Canadians were so uncertain in net? The 90s? Not not long after Mr. Patrick quit. And Tremblay was bad too, I get it, but they're both responsible for it. Um, but, you know, it's it's the uncertainty the Habs haven't had in net in my lifetime. I just, you need the right attitude in a rebuild like this, even though the Canadians refuse to call it that. Um, you know, I just like Jake Allen. It's a, it's so annoying that they, they needed him like seven, eight years ago. And they just, they, but it's, you're happy to see him now. And apparently he's a good leader for the guys in the room, which you just, you need that. Um, yeah. And Hey, just, again, I, it's better than overpaying some guy in free agency or just, you know, giving out the patented three year, $4.5 million thing that's going to goaltenders lately. Um, yeah. But yeah. Jake Allen, good to see. Good to see you. Uh, we'll play the full game against the Leafs tonight. Sean Monahan, first game as a Hab uh, tonight. Should be exciting. Not really. It's preseason. Um, should be. Are you going to watch any of the game? Probably no, not. I, <laughs> I, I will try. It might be yeah. on the TV in the background. I doubt it, yeah. but I will try. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'd have to watch those Jays. Yeah, so do they have do they have home court, home oh, field? I uh, I think if they win tonight they do. Who are they playing? Baltimore. Baltimore. Okay, interesting. The other birds. Yeah. Lots of birds in baseball. Yeah. What's the Blue Jays mascot? A bird. Learn in Seattle. Make it it's like actually a blue bird. jay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I used to people called me Blue Jay a lot when I was a kid. Because my last name Flu Jay it was easier to remember. Yeah. 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 Okay, um, to finish up, Hockey Canada, I'm just going to read you a little snippet here, Alex, from a, a Sportsnet article that came from a Globe and Mail piece. I don't have a subscription to the... I don't... I'm saving money. I'm not buying the Globe and Mail thing, but Sportsnet had a really good thing of summarizing it here, so bear with me as I read for a little bit. Um, Hockey Canada 
had a previously undisclosed second fund to handle uninsured claims that included money for settling sexual assault claims, according to a report Monday in the Globe and Mail. Called the Participants Legacy Trust Fund, the fund was established in 1999. That was the year I was born, a uh, year before Alex was born. By transferring money from the National Equity Fund, which was funded partially by players' registration fees, according to the Globe. Um, the trust was established to handle claims against Hockey Canada's members, uh, branches that occur occur occurred between 1986 and 1995, before Hockey Canada began purchasing insurance for sexual assault claims and other liabilities. This isn't in there, but uh, it's weird that there's insurance for that. That's just me thinking, though. Uh, back to the article, though. Uh, according to the report and confirmed by Sportsnet, this fund could have been provided... Uh, sorry, could have provided sexual uh, abuse cases associated with former WHL coach Graham James, amongst others, which is obviously the very famous one. I believe he was the one, that's the Sheldon Kennedy case, I believe. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I, I think it is. Um, however, Jeremy Knight, a spokesperson for Hockey Canada, told Sports that the fund was not, sorry, has not been used and was not set up exclusively to pay up sexual assault claims. The fund was set up to be dissolved in May 2020, but according to the Globe, Hockey Canada went to court in late 2018 and early 2019 to extend the use of the trust until 2039. Now, obviously, earlier this year, Hockey Canada did have a sort of, uh, obviously had a bit of a grilling from the government. Um, and this was not disclosed during that first hearing. And I believe they actually have a second one coming up. Or I don't know if it's second or third, but they have another hearing coming up. Um, <clears throat> it's not a surprise anymore. I've seen the term burn it down a lot today in referencing to burning down Hockey Canada. We did not mention on the show the stupid survey they put out to be like, is the media overblowing this? Because I didn't want did to. We, know, we didn't talk about it. We did not know. I thought it was just too dumb to be like, okay, we see what you're doing here, guys. I, I still don't know, Alex. I think I mention this every time we, we bring up something to do with Hockey Canada. I still don't know how Scott Smith and company are still in a position and how they haven't been pushed to the side here. I don't, I, or not to the side, but pushed off of the hockey Canada cliff here. I, I don't, I, I just, I can't understand it. I can't wait. I bet Alex, they're going to be asked and they're going to say it wasn't relevant at the time, or you didn't ask for any other. Oh, that's the hundred percent what they're going to say. That's a hundred percent what they're going to say. And they may be right, but that's the cowards. That That's the most cowardly thing they yeah. could ever say. Like it. I don't even know how, like, I guess I'm just going to repeat myself again, because like, again, like everything I've said before, I think applies again. And maybe to an even more uh, a larger extent is there is whether people would like to admit it or not. There's clearly a problem. Top down from the top down this like there's no I, I can't see really any other way to look at it like it does it has it's irrelevant to the fact whether you're inside of it inside it or outside of it there is a problem on the inside there is you just like i'm sorry i don't know any any other way to say it and like okay we can like the issue with not that i have an issue with the burn it all down stuff sure like i i guess i agree with the things they say but like 
it's not good. This isn't going to disappear. Like this is good. This needs to be done properly. If you're going to burn it all down, it needs to be built up again properly, which I think multiple people have said. And, and, you know, I, I'll, I remember Rick West had said it on, I, I, I want to say it was his latest time on the SDP. This was, probably months ago at this point because he hasn't been on in a while but he was what he was saying was what i think we have to understand and by we i mean literally everybody the people who build it back up again uh the people from the outside is it's not gonna go away it's a matter of how are you going to fix the problem you're right bad things are gonna happen right Bad things happen every single day, but if you can, if you're holding people accountable, that's what you have to do to the best of your ability to stop people from doing it. And holding people accountable is going to stop people from doing it. Is it going to completely stop people from doing it? Absolutely not. Cause there's some absolute crazy people out there, but you have to, you have to at least nip this thing in the butt properly and and hold people accountable and the way they've been doing it has not been doing that at all at all at all it hasn't even been touching the surface level of the problem all it's been doing is just throwing it under the bus and pretending it or throwing it in the drawer and pretending it like it never happened i think you're muted <laughs> sorry I was because I was blowing my nose. Alex, have you ever read the book They Said This Would Be Fun by Eternity Martis by any chance? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, so Eternity Martis is actually a faculty member at TMU. I must have Ryerson. Um, actually did her master's at Ryerson. But uh, guess what school she went to to do her degree? She went to Western. Now, okay. for anybody who, oh. doesn't, who doesn't know, um, aka if you're not Canadian, or sort of familiar with, with Southern Ontario. Western's a, a party school. Uh, it has a horrible reputation for sort of a um, lot of sexual violence, I guess you can kind of say. Um, and Attorney Martis went there and has a book just, again, they said this would be fun. Talks about a lot of her time at Western. Uh, it's not only a book about sort of race and sort of role in your life, but a lot of family stuff. I get a lot of stuff on sort of, like, again, the crap that goes on at, at Western. Um, and you know, she sort of, and she, she was actually, I read it for a class and she was, she came in to be like, sort of just like an hour, like Q and A with the class today. Right. And she sort of joked, like first of all, that Western acts like she doesn't exist, but she just sort of mentioned like the stuff going on. Like last year, there was a bunch of cases about how she went to, at her same residence, all these sexual sort of assaults happened. Right. Um, and sort of the thing of that Western clearly don't care. And I mentioned that because a lot of it seems to be, I think it's like a th one in three women the age around being in university end up being sexually harassed in some way, right? And if you look at the world junior players, those involved are around that age, but males. I don't have to start connecting one and two, uh, especially because I mean, we just know the Canadian teams some of the other ones and some of those Canadian players might end up also playing in the NCAA, which is obviously schools. So obviously I, I don't need to sort of explain that every word there, but it's a sort of thing of what Western and hockey Canada have in common is they clearly don't care because they haven't actually acted upon it yet. No one has taken the responsibility for it. 
it's uh, that it's easier to not hold anyone accountable than it is to hold people accountable. I, yeah. I think that's what it to me comes a lot of it down to. They they make and I guess we can if we want to use that Western comparison too, they make a boatload of money mm-hmm. and they would have to spend a little bit of that money to hold people accountable and mm-hmm. they don't want to do that and that's like no sorry that's not fine but like the way things are going is just not it it's mm-hmm. not it i i okay so in this country in ontario hockey participation is down i'm not insinuating that that this is the reason there are a multitude a multitude of reasons that participation in hockey is down mm-hmm. at the end of the day hockey canada definitely can help a little bit more on that but don't think that this isn't going to this isn't going to you know have an effect on that don't yeah. forget like we i think we've brought this quote up five times on this show since it happened ever don't ever forget what wayne gretzky said on national united states television yes right yeah. Wayne Gretzky said that on national television. Just for people who, who don't know, what did what did he say? He said when it so he was talking about the Kyle Beach, what what happened with Kyle Beach, and was essentially talking about like if he was in, if he was a parent, he definitely had to ask the questions about his kid being safe. Mm-hmm. The greatest hockey player of all time said this on national television who's notoriously very quiet and not very opinionated right mm-hmm. <laughs> like which yeah Dwayne. you don't think he had like maybe i'm overblowing this but i do think he has a lot of influence when it comes to hockey in this country like listen we never saw gretzky play no but it's wayne like there's just a certain thing of like that name means something yeah and so <laughs> I I I I would believe that everything that's going down now, everything that happened in the past, the way they're handling this now, is not going to help their case. Well, it's like a thing of if you have a if you have a daughter, like, and here here's the thing: the simple thing is now that you find out there's a second fund and they could have extended. It's 2017-18. Isn't that really funny that that's around when they they went to sort of get this extended? Is when you go and list your kid in hockey, and again, all of our friends who we know that played hockey, of course, paid that registration fee. And again, it's it is you are going to pay money for your daughter to play hockey, and there is a legitimate chance that you could be paying the set towards the settlement that maybe it could happen to your daughter. Like imagine, like I don't know the exact scenarios, but imagine if one of these cases could have happened to someone whose daughter played hockey. Maybe that's how they know people in the program. Imagine if you were a parent, the mental thing of knowing that you pay towards that settlement, like mentally, I don't know how you could recover from that. Like, obviously we don't know if anything like that has happened, but it is a scenario that is out there, especially knowing how significant the game of hockey is in this country. Like that is something that I can't get out of my mind. Is or at least like let's say that you're you're someone who you know or someone in your direct family has is a survivor of that kind of stuff, or and then again you know even if it's never been like directly to you then you pay for this fund you find out what happened and like you think of I'm just trying to think of all the things that 
you know, just just what could come to mind when it realizes that your money went to this? It's just and a second fund, like a second. Why did you? And I love how the name the equity fund and all that. Like, no, oh, sorry, let me double check. What, what was the new one called? Oh God, hold on, let me get it back up. But it's just so dirty. It's so dirty, Alex. I'm really curious. I I'm gonna double check when their next hearing, the next hearing is. Participant um, Legacy Trust Fund. What? What? Obviously, you can't just call it the uh, we're trying to cover our ass, you know, fund of, of, of you know, sexual assault or anything. But yeah. it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Oh, yeah. um, that's going to be very interesting. It's going to be a crapshoot for them. They better be prepared because last time they went and they got eviscerated for their sake. Oh. I mean, they should be prepared. For the sake, sorry, like for the sake of the rest of whatever good PR they think they have, which to me, they have none, but they better come prepared because they're going to get, if they don't do it, if they don't handle tomorrow properly, they're going to get blasted. I hope someone someone feeds one of the the politicians there the question of why they thought it was a good idea to go to the women's uh, worlds and get a hand up medals. I really want to know why they thought that was a good idea. So obviously it's been talked about, like a lot of those guys get fed questions by the press. I'd like someone to sort of feed that question. In. I'd really I'd like be to. interested to know. Um, well, until the next update, that's what's going on. Till next episode. Cause we'll have that information. Yeah. And uh, I know it's almost time because one of my dogs is making a big huff and puff outside my door. And we're also out of stuff to talk about. Um, so yeah. Uh, it's probably going to be just down under an hour, I think, we recorded. So yeah, probably. Nice, brisk conversation. Daniel should be back next time. Um, we miss him. Miss him every day. Um, you know, he's huffing and puffing. Hopefully, next time we talk, we have a fantasy league figured out. Um, and, uh, yeah. Preseason will be – is it going to be done by the – technically? I hope so. No, we'll have a couple of days. Uh, why exactly – my dog won't stop walking into the door. Matt Tubson. Like, like four of Montreal's games in the preseason are against the Sens, including their last three. Why? 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 Anyway. I hate the preseason. I hate the preseason so much. Okay, that's it. Thank you for listening. Check out the show wherever you listen to the show. Well, I mean, you know, you're listening to it, so you check it out somewhere. Check out the YouTube, the TikTok, all that lovely stuff. Uh, we're going to see you next time.